ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Huston, back with another episode here on The Truth, back with another episode of Waking Up With The Truth here, as we are waking up for Tuesday, September 5th, 2023. For those that do not know it, Waking Up With The Truth, it is your subscriber morning show where I get you guys updated on the sports world, including recapping scores and stats from yesterday and going over some news there, and then previewing the upcoming day here in the sports world. Nothing really new coming out of the NBA, so let's go ahead and take a look at the NFL here. Cooper Cup is currently seeing a specialist for a hamstring injury. He was in Minnesota on Monday to see a specialist for his latest injury. His hamstring injury has slowed him for roughly five weeks since he pulled out of practice at training camp on August 1st. And the coach, uh, Coach John McVay, said the injury has been a little bit out of the norm compared to a normal ham- hamstring strain or muscle pull. That's really not a good sign for fantasy owners that have Cooper Cup, for Rams fans that are just excited to have Cooper Cup. It's really bad. I'm guessing he's got probably going to miss three weeks for sure. They want to get him as fully healthy as possible. So if you do have Cooper Cup or you plan on drafting Cooper Cup in your fantasy team, I think you know I think some people are getting him at the 11 spot. That's fine, but make sure you get two solid receivers just to hold on to, um, and you have to change your draft strategy from there. But you got to get a guy like Cooper Cup just to hold on to for safekeeping. 49ers Nick Bosa hold out endangering status for the start of the season. We recently did the San Francisco 49ers show, and Nick Bosa is currently holding out potentially for you know the start of the season as he's trying to figure out you know his contract status he's a former defensive player of the year and i think he does deserve a new contract but you see a lot of these guys debating contracts guys like bosa guys like chris jones and it is a bit disheartening in my opinion i do think that there's a lot of greedy people but there's also guys that do deserve contracts i think nick bosa is one of those guys you take nick bosa out of the equation as we mentioned in the san francisco 49ers podcast earlier this 49ers team is a completely different team so it's going to be huge for the 49ers it's going to be huge for Nick Bosa to kind of get that contract working out and get him back on the field as soon as possible because yeah the 49ers will still be fine but in my opinion they won't be as great if they don't have Nick Bosa on the field ex-Vikings tight end Kyle Rudolph retires after 12 seasons this is a little bit of a sad one here um, you know, I think Kyle Rudolph, one of my favorite players of all time, he was drafted as a second-round pick in 2011 and played 10 years for the Vikings, totaling 4,488 yards, and he ranked second on the franchise career list behind Steve Jordan. He also had 48 touchdowns as a tight end, which is the most among Vikings tight end and six, or the most among tight ends and six overall in Vikings history. So he was one of the veteran players for the Vikings. He was one of those guys that, yeah, towards the end of his career, kind of got a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say roughed up, but a little bit struggled, you know, just because he was getting older and wasn't, you know, maybe as dominant as before. But he's still an extremely valuable player, and he's going to definitely be missed for the Vikings. He also bounced around some teams as well. I think he was on the Bucks, the Giants. So uh, some interesting spots for Kyle Rudolph, but it is sad to see him go. But I guess it's his time. Panthers Brian Burns uncertain for week one due to contract dispute. Another one of those defensive guys. Outside linebacker Brian Burns sat out his second consecutive practice because of a contract dispute. And I guess more than anything, the Panthers need a guy like Brian Burns on the field. The Panthers aren't that good as a whole. They have a lot of young guys on their defensive side. And having a little bit of consistency there is huge for not only Brian Burns, but for the Panthers as well. As far as how much he deserves, I'm not too sure. I know he obviously wants to do a contract, but I guess time will tell, and uh, we'll see what he's able to you know, come up with and if he's able to get anything you know, moving forward there. So it'll be quite interesting, to say the least. 
Browns, Denzel Ward, still in concussion protocol. Status for week one is unclear. Look, he's in the concussion protocol right now. Again, one of those guys on the defensive side that needs to be huge for the Browns. Number four overall pick formerly, and we all remember how that draft went with Baker Mayfield being selected at number one and Denzel Ward at number four. So we'll see um, you know, what happens moving forward, and we'll see if he's able to get into week one or hopefully come back into maybe week two. Shifting gears to Major League Baseball, I think the biggest storyline came in the Dodgers as Julio Urias was arrested on felony domestic violence charges. He was released Monday on a $50,000 bond, and the investigation is pending. The Dodgers have said that he is not with the team right now. In 2019, he was suspended 20 games under the MLB and MLB Players Association's Joint Domestic Violence, Sexual Assault, and Child Abuse Policy. He was arrested that May in an altercation for a woman with a woman in a Los Angeles parking lot, but charges were not filed on the condition that Arias agreed to complete a domestic counseling program and committed no acts of violence for a full year. So for him, it is another you know setback. The Dodgers pitchers have struggled with staying on the field. Obviously, Julio Urias this season, before it was Trevor Bauer, we obviously saw there. The thing with Urias, though, this is felony domestic violence charges compared to just regular sexual assault allegations or domestic violence. Obviously, both are not good, but you know, felony is, is a big word there because he could eventually become a, a felon. So it'd be curious to see what happens. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt as I give everybody. I think that it's kind of you know shifted gears as time moved on. You know, Innocent until proven guilty. These are obviously serious accusations, but you can't jump to conclusions. You just got to let the justice system do its part. And also for the Dodgers, too, he was one of the consistent guys on the rotation for the Dodgers. And so for him, kind of missing these starts here, moving up, is, is going to be huge and, and going to be kind of a bad thing for the Dodgers. So he's going to need to find a way to dial it back and get back in the winning formula and, and help the Dodgers you know, make some, make some noise. Shohei Otani plans to continue as a pitcher and a hitter after elbow heals, his agent says. I think this is smart. Look, Shohei Otani is in the point of his career where he's about to get probably one of the richest contracts in MLB history. I've talked about this before, though. Like, what is that contract going to entail? Because obviously, you think it's going to be like this massive contract, and that's understandable. But at the end of the day, look, for the, the a team like the or whoever signs him for Shohei, let's say something happens like this. Let's say he signs like a $600 million deal gets $50, $60 million every year. Let's say that he goes down with a torn UCL or needs Tommy John surgery or whatever. What Does he get paid $50, $60 million for being a DH? You know, that's why it's an intriguing, interesting contract in my opinion. I think you got to figure out some of those clashes there. Otherwise, I'm not saying that you're going to be in a bad position, but you might be in a financial deficit if um, you know, you're paying a guy $50, $60 million to um, you know, be a designated hitter. But if he's obvious, obviously able to stay healthy, then it's a good thing for them. But my biggest thing is just making sure that he's going to be able to stay healthy, and that's sometimes easier said than done. Let's go ahead and recap scores and stats, starting out for the Phillies and the Padres. Phillies win this one 9-7 over the Padres. Tejon Walker goes five innings, five hits, four and runs, four Ks, and three walks in the day. Trey Turner, two for six, a home run and an RBI. Kyle Schwarber, another solo home run. Um, uh, Edward Sosa, 2-for-5, home run, 2 RBIs. Alex Bohm, 3-for-5, three, 3 RBIs as well. Rich Hill did not have a good start. He is 7-14 now, went 1-in-a-third, 7 hits, 6 earned runs, 3 Ks, and 2 walks. Tatis hit a solo bomb for the Padres. Hassan Kim goes 2-for-6, 3 RBIs there. And the Padres do lose the Phillies in this one. Another tough loss there for the Padres. Phillies on a quick little two-game win streak after beating the Brewers and now the Padres here. 
The Orioles beat the Angels on the road 6-3. Grayson Rodriguez gets the win in this one. Six innings, seven hits, two and runs, seven Ks, and two walks. Ryan Mountcastle, two for four RBI. Gunnar Henderson, two for five, a home run, and three RBIs there. For the Angels, uh, Kenny Rosenberg goes six innings pitch, seven hits, three and runs, four Ks, and two walks. Brandon Drury hit a solo home run. Randall Grichuk hit a solo home run as well. Moniak. One for fourth and RBI. Angels lose another one here. This one time, this time to the Brewers after getting swept by the Athletics. Kicking things off in Major League Baseball from yesterday, my Minnesota Twins thump the Guardians twenty to six. I mean, it it helps that the Cleveland Guardians had a relief pitcher and a position player in. I think for the final four innings, but for the Minnesota Twins, Pablo Lopez goes six innings, eight hits, one run, three Ks, and three walks on the day. The offensive numbers were great. Polanco went 3-for-3, three three, a home run, two RBIs. Joey Gallo, 2-for-2, two two, a home run, two RBIs, off a position player. Royce Lewis, 3-for-4, a home run, six RBIs. Another grand slam for Royce Lewis, his third in eight games. Carlos Correa, C4, goes 2-for-4, a home run, two RBIs. Kyle Farmer goes 1-for-2, a home run, and three RBIs. Matt Walner, 3-for-6, a home run, and three RBIs as well. Jefferson Castro, Picked up RBI's offensive onslaught there for the Twins. Lucas Giolito in his first start as a Cleveland Guardian goes three innings, seven hits, nine earned runs, three Ks, and three walks on the day. On the offensive side, Tyler Freeman hit a solo bomb. Josh Naylor goes two for three. Ramon Laureano, three for five. Same with Will Brennan, who picked up an RBI. Arias and Naylor picked up RBI's as well. The Twins beat the Guardians here today, win the first game of the series there at Cleveland. Two more to follow. Guardians and Twins, the Guardians are able to win both those games there. They're in a much better position to, you know, potentially win the division compared to if they lose even one more in the series. The Royals thump the White Sox at home 12-1. For the White Sox, Jesse Schultz goes three and two-thirds, nine hits, five earned runs. K and one walk on the day there. On the offensive side for the White Sox, nothing really came to fruition there. For the Kansas City Royals, Cole Raggins continues his hot streak, going six innings, one hit, zero earned runs, seven Ks on 92 pitches. On the offensive side for the Royals, Eddie Olivares goes three for four, two home runs, three RBIs. Nicky Velasquez, one for four home run, two RBIs. Drew Waters, two RBIs. Lofton, two RBIs as well. Royals beat the White Sox here at home for the first game of that three-game set. Cubs beat the Giants at home 5-0 behind Justin Seals' masterpiece. Logan Webb goes six and two-thirds, five hits, three and runs, four Ks, and one walk on the day. On the Chicago Cubs side, Justin Steele improves to 16-3 and three on the year, eight innings pitched, two hits, no earned runs, 12 Ks, and two walks on the day. Dansby Swanson, one for four. Sam Suzuki, two for four, three RBIs, a home run as well. Cubbies beat the Giants there at home. A big game for both teams as both teams are fighting for NL wildcard positioning. The Assholes beat the Rangers on the road 13-6. For the uh, Astros, J.P. France goes five innings, six hits, five earned runs, five Ks, and three walks. Jose Altuve goes four for six, two solo home runs. Alex Bregman, four for four, two RBIs. Yanir Diaz, one for five, a home run, and three RBIs. And Matthew Dubon, two for five, with two solo bombs. For the Rangers, Andrew Heaney goes four and two-thirds, five hits, three and runs, one K, and four walks on the day. 
Corey Seager goes three for five, two home runs, three RBIs. Mitch Garver, two for three, a home run and two RBIs as well. Josh Smith also one for three with a solo home run. Battle of the State of Texas, the Astros win here against the Rangers, win the first game of the series here. Again, positioned in the AL West as well as the wild card race, a big series for both teams. Blue Jays beat the Athletics on the road 6-5. For the Blue Jays, Jose Berrio, 6 innings, 4 hits, 2 and runs, 7 Ks, and 1 walk on the day. George Springer picked up an RBI. Kavon Biggio goes 2 for 5, 2 RBIs as well. On the flip side for the Athletics, Luis Medina goes 4 and 2 thirds, 3 hits, 3 and runs, 3 Ks, and 3 walks. A lot of threes there for Luis Medina. Ryan Nota goes 1 for 4 with a solo bomb. Jordan Diaz as well. Lawrence Butler goes 2 for 4 on the day with two R- two home runs and three RBIs there. Athletics don't make it a four-game win streak. Win 6-5 to five here, a big win there for the Blue Jays to not lose to a team like the Athletics as far as their wild card positioning. Sitting a half game out, I believe, at the moment. Red Sox beat the Rays on the road 7-3. Brian Bello gets the win in this one, going six innings, five hits, three earned runs, seven Ks, and two walks on the day. Tristan Cassis goes 2 for 4, a home run, and 4 RBIs. Duvall an RBI as well. Matashat, I can never say his name. Mazataka Yoshida, 2 for 4, a home run, and 2 RBIs on the day for the Red Sox. For the Rays, Aaron Savali goes 5 and 1 third, 2 hits, 3 and runs, 3 walks, but 12 Ks. Kind of weird to see a Savali go for 12 Ks in the day. He had 98 pitches on the day. On the offensive side for the Rays, Brandon Lowe goes 1 for 3, 2 RBIs. The Rays cannot beat the Red Sox here, both two teams. Red Sox more just vying to stay alive in the wildcard race. The Rays have already basically cemented themselves in the postseason. Diamondbacks beat the Rockies at home 4-2. For the Rockies, a tough loss there. Peter Lambert goes 6 innings, 6 hits, 4 and runs, 5 Ks and 1 walk. Elias Diaz 2 for 4 in RBI. Hunter Goodman 1 for 3 in RBI as well. For the Diamondbacks, Merrill Kelly goes 7 innings, 4 hits, 1 and run, 12 Ks and 1 walk on the day. Corbin Carroll 1 for 4 with an RBI. Jace Peterson 1 for 3, 2 RBIs as well. Diamondbacks win the first game there of three against the Colorado Rockies. For the Reds, beating the Mariners today 6-3. to three. For the Seattle Mariners, Brian Wu goes five innings, four hits, five earned runs, no Ks, and three walks on the day. Tough appearance there for Brian Wu. On the offensive side, Julio Rodriguez, one for five with a solo bomb. Mike Ford, two for four, solo bomb as well. For the Reds, TJ Antone started off the game. He went two innings, no hits, no earned runs, three Ks, and no walks. On the offensive side, Spencer Steer goes one for five. A home run, three RBIs there on the day. Renfro and Stevenson picked up RBIs as well. The Reds win again, continuing to keep their postseason and wildcard hopes alive. Pirates beat the Brewers at home 4-2. to two. For the Brew Crew, Corbin Burns goes six innings, seven hits, four and runs, seven Ks, and no walks on the day. Caratini, one for three with an RBI. Terang, 0 for three in RBI. For the Pirates, Luis Ortiz, six innings, five hits, two and runs, four Ks, and three walks on the day. Andrew McCutcheon, two for three in RBI. Jack Sawinski, two for four, home run at two RBIs. Pirates beat the Brewers there at home, 4-2, to win the first game in that series to, I guess, kind of hinder the Brewers' chances of really winning the NL Central moving forward. Taking a look at the upcoming day games here today for September 5th, 2023, Let's go ahead and kick things off with the Twins and the Guardians. Sonny Gray and the Bump goes 7-6 record, 2.92 ERA, taking on Tanner Booby, 10-3, 3.03 ERA. 
Give me the Guardians at home there at plus one and a half, minus 175. Give me the over as well at seven and a half. I think it's going to be a good pitching performance. Guardians just absolutely got embarrassed. They're fighting for their postseason lives. I think the Guardians win this one here, and I think the over does hit. I think both teams continue to swing the bat very well. Brewers and the Pirates. No betting information at the moment, but Brandon Woodruff on the mound for the Brew Crew. 3-1, 2.7 ERA. Give me Woodruff and the Brewers. Again, the Brewers lost the first game of this series to the Pirates. They obviously don't want to lose again. I don't think they're going to lose again, but it is a bit concerning for them um, to kind of see them you know, lose to the Pirates there in, in Game 1 and try to keep their NL Central lead with two games above the Cubs at the moment. So I think the Brewers win that one pretty mightily. I'd probably bet the under. I think the Brewers win maybe 5-6-0. Mariners and the Reds. Bryce Miller, 8-4 record, 3.93 ERA, taking on Connor Phillips who I believe is either making his Major League debut or his season debut. Nonetheless, this seems to be a continuing trend for the Reds because they're dealing with so many COVID issues. I'm going to go with the Mariners at minus 1.5, minus 110, and give me the over there as well. I mean, Bryce Miller's been consistent. The you know first start of the season, potentially career for this guy, is a bit concerning. Bryce Miller goes six innings, three and runs in his last start. I like that. 10.5, it still could be a 6-5 ball game, and he'd hit the over. So I'd go with the over there, but go with the Mariners' money line for sure, or even spread. Dodgers and the Marlins, Clayton Kershaw on the bump, 12-4, 2.48 ERA, taking on Jesus Lazardo, 9-8, 3.62 ERA. Give me the Dodgers on the road there at minus 1.5, plus 115, and give me the over as well. Clayton Kershaw's looked good in his last couple of starts. He's had a 2.48 ERA. He's been consistent throughout the season, so give me Kershaw, give me the Dodgers, and give me the over there at 7.5. Red Sox and the Rays, Cutter Crawford, 6-7, 4.08 ERA, taking on Zach Eflin, 13-8 record, 3.41 ERA. Give me Rays and give me Eflin at minus 1.5 plus 135. Give me the under as well, 8.5. Both pitchers are relatively solid. I think Eflin and the Rays are going to try to win this game here after losing to the Red Sox. Uh, Cutter Crawford did have a rough start in his last start, going two and two thirds, six earned runs. For Eflin, he's been pretty consistent throughout the season. His last start goes six and a third, zero earned runs. Give me Eflin and the Rays there, and give me the minus or the under at eight and a half. Tigers and the Yankees. Alex Fado on the bump, two and five record, four point nine ERA, taking on Garrett Cole, twelve and four record, two point nine five ERA. Spread right now, plus one and a half, minus one and a half. Give me minus one and a half and Garrett Cole. Give me the under as well. Alex Fado in his last start, uh, they ended up getting crushed in that game, I believe it was. He only went one inning on September 2nd. His previous start against the Astros, that's the one I think they got crushed. Four and two-thirds, three and runs there. Garrett Cole's been consistent for the Yankees throughout the season. I think that continues going into today. Mets and the Nationals, Jose Quintana, 1-5 record, 3.26 ERA, taking on Patrick Corbin, 9-12 record, 4.90 ERA. Give me Patrick Corbin and the Nationals. Patrick Corbin went on that little streak of really consecutive quality starts. His last start wasn't that great, though, but he did go five innings, give up six earned runs. Previous starts, it was pretty solid. I think he gets back on track here. Quintana, he's had a pretty solid season. I mean, Quintana, 3.26 ERA, just recently got his first win. And looking, you know, six innings his last start with no earned runs. I think it's a heavy gamble, but I'm going to go with Patrick Corbin. Give me the under, though, though I think it's going to be a good uh, game nonetheless and a low-scoring game. Cardinals and the Braves, Miles Michaelis on the bump, 6-10 record, 4.66 ERA, taking on TBD, Bryce Elder, I don't know why I said Bryce Elder, I meant to say the Atlanta Braves for TBD for the Atlanta Braves. 
Give me the Braves regardless. I mean, the Braves lost their last game there against the Dodgers. I think they win this one. It's, they're back home. It's always great to be back home, especially in that first matchup. And the Cardinals are struggling. I would probably go with the over as well. The Cardinals do have good bats, and their pitching's been inconsistent throughout the season. So I'll go with the over, but I'm going to go with the Braves winning that game. Giants and the Cubbies. Ryan Walker on the bump, four and two record, two point one six ERA. Take it on Kyle Hendricks, five and seven, three point five nine ERA. Go with the Giants money line here and go with the under as well. I mean, or the over as well. I think you know these two pitchers are pitched to contact. Kyle Hendricks does concern me a little bit. I'm gonna go with the over. I'm also gonna go with the Ryan Walker and the Giants are at the under and the uh, the spread there. I think that the Giants do win this game. And Ryan Walker through fifty innings has a two point one six ERA. That's pretty solid. White Sox and the Royals, Dylan C, 6-7, 4.92 ERA, taking on Brady Singer, 8-10, 5.15. Give me the Royals winning at home at plus one half, minus 190. Give me the under as well. I think it's a good pitching performance between Singer and C's two guys. Well, C's more particularly, that wasn't expected to be as bad as he is. Singer had a couple, you know, rough starts the last two starts. Had two, three, gets four, five, six. Six good starts before that. I think he gets back on track there. Royals win another one there against the White Sox. Astros and the Rangers. Framber Valdez, 10-9 record, 3.38 ERA. Taking on Nathan Uvalde, who returns from a, a brief absence, or good absence. 11-3 record, 2.69 ERA. Give me Uvalde and the Rangers. I typically don't like getting these guys here, especially if they're coming off injuries. But Uvalde has been consistent throughout the season for the Rangers. He's been one of the bright spots for them, so I think he's going to help them you know, win this game here today. And um, I think he's going to you know, do well. I would probably go the under as well. I think it's going to be a good pitching performance. Valdez is basically almost thrown two no-hitters throughout the season. Orioles and the Angels. Dean Kramer, 12-5 record, 4.2 ERA. Blaze it, taking on Reed Detmers, 3-10 record, 5.01 ERA. Give me the Orioles and Dean Kramer at minus 1.5 plus 115. Detmers has only won three games in 124 innings pitch, so he doesn't get a lot of wins. And the Angels don't get a lot of wins when he's on the bump. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Dean Kramer and the Orioles there. Over under 8.5, I'd probably go with the over. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair once again. But I'm going to go with the Orioles' money line there at minus 145. Phils and the Padres, Michael Lorenzen on the bump, 8-8 eight eight record, 3.73 ERA, taking on Pedro Avila, 0-2 record, 2.67 ERA. Give me the Phillies, minus 1.5, plus 145, over, under 8.5. Give me the over as well. You never know what you're going to get out of Michael Lorenzen. You definitely don't know what you're going to get out of Pedro Avila. I'm going to go with Michael Lorenzen and the Phillies winning this game here, and I think, again, going to go with the over here. Don't know how well Lorenzen will pitch, but there should be a lot of runs scored. On top of that, the Padres seem to go on streaks. They go on like a four-game win streak, four-game lose streak, four-game win streak, and that continues. I think the Phillies win. Blue Jays and the Athletics, Chris Bassett, 13-7, 3.81 ERA. Taking on Ken Waldenchuk, 2-7, 5.92 ERA. Give me the Blue Jays at minus 1.5, minus 120. Give me the over as well, 8.5. I think this is going to be another high-scoring game between the Blue Jays and the Athletics. The Blue Jays should win this one. I think that's a pretty safe lock. They usually do a good job, knock on wood, of beating teams that they're supposed to beat, so I think they win that one there. In the final matchup of the day, the Rockies and the Diamondbacks face off. Kyle Freeland, 5-14, 5.18 ERA, taking on Brandon Pafat, 1-7, 6.21 ERA. Give me the Diamondbacks at home at minus 1.5, plus 105. Give me the over as well, 8.5. I think that's pretty low for these two pitchers. I mean, yeah, they're not at Coors Field, but still, Pafat hasn't been good. Freeland hasn't been great either. Combined, they're 6-21, so I think it's going to be a high-scoring game here. But I think the Diamondbacks do go ahead and win that game today. 
Thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter. The Truth has one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value. As always, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, signing off. Take care and good night. Mm-hmm.